The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spa, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks for joining me here today. You can catch the show every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up was reading an article on WallStreetJournal.com. I'm always checking out the technology items there. And uh, Shandy Rice was writing about Facebook. And I think we all know that you need to be on Facebook. But for a lot of us, we want to know what's a return on investment. Well, that's exactly what Ms. Rice was writing about in her article, Inside Facebook's Push to Woo Big Advertisers. And it was really a a good little peek inside what Facebook is doing. I think Facebook has recognized that they need to be doing a better job of creating ROI, especially with, with those big brands that spend a ton of money. You know, General Motors made big news back in May when they pulled 10 million bucks of ads from the site, citing concerns around how those ads were leading to sales. They're saying that, you know what, Facebook hadn't demonstrated that. And so once you have somebody like General Motors pulling out, it does tend to raise questions among other companies about whether Facebook's doing enough to drive sales. So what happened? Well, the woman who's in charge of of making uh, Madison Avenue happy Carolyn Everson um, created what she calls a client council. These were senior ad executives from 13 big brands and ad agencies. And that council was to, you know, learn from each other about how Facebook could do better. We're talking brands like Unilever, Walmart, and Coca-Cola all coming together to tackle this ROI issue. So pretty, pretty big stuff, especially considering that $3.7 billion in revenue for Facebook last year was from global online ad sales. So this was huge for them. And the growth rates have basically been slowing the last couple of years. Um, Facebook CFO, uh, CFO David Eberson has been saying that, you know, in large part it's because to a 9% increase in ad rates. But um, he's also saying that ad impressions are climbing more slowly than the number of new users as more people are, are accessing Facebook via mobile. And as you know, mobile, it's a little bit more um, hard to put in, um, you know, some limited forms of, of ads. So anyway, it's, it's quite the, the sticky wicket, but Facebook is on it. Um, they've actually been going deep with some of those big brands to figure out how they are tracking their success and then creating 
scenarios in which they can um, kind of work with them to track Facebook's success. So, so much so that Facebook has sent people into those internal teams to learn those methods and then to create methodology that work with those brands. I just think that's fantastic. Um, clearly, they have a lot of money on the line, and if they don't figure it out, they're going to lose a lot of money. So it's good to know that they've been so incredibly proactive. Apparently, part of the solution is Facebook, which has been traditionally extremely conservative at giving brands insight into how consumers are talking about their brands, are now considering giving advertisers some data from conversations around brands. So, for example, according to the article, Facebook would tell advertisers how many people are talking about their brand, the top things they are saying, and, and those folks' demographics, while not talking specifically about the individual people, which would violate, you know, um, all that private policy stuff that Facebook doesn't want to violate. So, little by little, we're seeing that um, Facebook may open up at least a, a little bit of a window on some data, which is good. They've also apparently figured out how many people in a region have seen a Facebook ad versus any other types of ads that might be in print or radio or TV. This means that brands can see how Facebook is working for them, especially if they type back to sales in the region. They can see, did Facebook move that needle or did my ads and print or radio move that needle? Also incredibly important. Um, there's also been, with that client council, um, some test ad campaigns. And the good news for Facebook is of all 62 out of 63 test ad campaigns showed a return on ad spend of three times or better, which is really, really great ROI. So lots of inroads being made there at Facebook to demonstrate ROI. It'll be interesting to see if GM jumps back into Facebook. Apparently there have been some talks around that. And we know Ford and Coke have come out supporting Facebook ads. So want to keep your eye out on that, especially if your brand's in the space and you're considering how much of your money's to put against Facebook advertising. In the meantime, our purse profile today are high-tech navigators. More than 3 million of these women out there, median age of 30, college grads, employed full-time and married, no kids in the home, love technology, like to keep up on what's going on in the space, they try new gadgets, they're early adopters, they have the money to purchase those, um, they see themselves as influentials among their friends because they are the first to try a lot of new tech. They're intellectually curious about all kinds of things, not just technology. They love to switch things up, try new styles, pursue novelty and change. They try new stores. Um, they consider themselves adventurous and optimistic. They love quality, and they'll pay for it. So where are they buying? Well, they're buying at Victoria's Secret. They're buying Ralph Lauren. They're going to Banana Republic and Gap. So a lot of mainstream retail there. Um, when it comes to designers, Ralph Lauren, Victoria's Secret, again, big, Nina Ricci, uh, Don, um, Donna Caron, and um, and Tommy Hilfiger are popping there. And they're buying Dove, Alme, Neutrogena uh, for cosmetics. And they're driving Volkswagen, Jeep, and Toyota, and Honda. When it comes to media choices, um, you know, Wired, of course, pops for them as does self and in style and time. 
so a little bit of a mix of tech and and uh, more uh, general consumer interest and women's general interest publications. Um, websites, they're getting a lot of news from CNN. You know, they're going on to computer websites, so like Apple and Dell, and they are checking out eBay and checking out Monster as well. Well, the ladies joining me today know a lot about that purse profile for sure and more. Their job is to know about all things digital. Laura Mignot and Sarah Walker-Santana are co-founders and presidents of Digital Flash NYC. These two talented women uh, kind of brought their idea for a firm uh, out of an ideation session in Starbucks way back in 2009, and they created this agency that's on the move. It's seeking to bring digital services, communication management, and social engagement counsel, networking, and educational events and experiences to its many partners. Oh, and did I also mention that they can create some pretty mean infographics? So more from Laura and Sarah when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Joining me today are Laura Mignot and Sarah Walker-Santana, both co-founders and presidents of Digital Flash New York City, an agency that brings a full array of digital services to its partners. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Hi, Maria. 
thrilled to have you. Yeah, so happy to have you on the show. And I know we've got a lot to cover today, but before we dive into all that great juicy stuff, please tell everybody about your agency. I know you call it a digital agency, but having read all your materials and been onto your website, I really don't think that does the agency justice. You do a ton of really cool things there. Well, thank you. Um, I, I guess I'll give the uh, digital flash backstory. Uh, digital Boss is a boutique digital marketing agency. We're about two and a half years old, based here in New York City. And basically, you know, we provide three buckets of services for our clients. So part one is called D-Flash Digital, which is everything from building websites, managing social communities, to building mobile apps, and designing infographics, pretty much everything in between. And the next bucket of service is called D-Flash Experience, which is our events part of the business. We started the company as a digital networking events company, and that has grown to now be a part of our business where we'll provide large-scale experiences from providing pop-up stores in South by Southwest to launching tech products with abandoned power plants to having the largest four-square check-in into a sign over the Hudson River and a little bit of everything in between. And the last part of our business is called D-Flash Labs, and that's kind of our... R&D, trend reporting, and whatever else our clients might need us for, uh, buckets of services. So we'll do everything from working with uh, emerging tech brands to get them in front of agencies, to developing trend reports about what's happening in social, i.e. social discovery, to building our own custom influencer marketing tools for uh, brands and agencies. Um, basically, the Digital Flash is a relationship-based business, and we're all about meet, you know, bringing this social back into social networking, and that enables us to connect with thousands of people on a daily basis. And you do. Like I said, lots of really cool stuff. And, you know, uh, I know we've talked before, and in preparation for this interview, you know, lots of great research out there on you. And Sarah, I really, it would be sad if I did not bring this up or have you bring it up. Um you did something really interesting at the age of 12, and it's something that not everyone can claim. Tell us a little bit about your magazine naming experience. Yeah, Maria. Well, I, I was a, a lucky a lucky teenager. You are correct. Um, <laughs> so I had a father. Well, he's, he's still with us. Um, he is a publishing consultant, and he happened to be working on a project with Australians at the time, and they were bringing a magazine called Dolly to the U.S. And as you can imagine, uh, most teenagers in the United States really would not respond well to a magazine called Dolly. They would just be thinking of <laughs> baby dolls and, and such. So he came to his, his trusted uh, youth marketing advisor and uh, Said, said to me, uh, you know, can you please think of a name for, for a magazine you would love to read? And I, being the uh, young budding marketer, locked myself in a room for uh, a day or so and, and tested out several different combinations of names, and then I, I finally settled on Sassy. So a lot of you may remember Sassy Magazine as being very popular in the 80s and 90s and kind of an an early, uh, an early young women's empowerment magazine, and it's actually been a lot in the press 
lately because Jane Pratt has kind of resurged on, on Twitter with uh, XO Jane. So, so we're still hearing a lot of buzz around the magazine. So it was definitely a very fun experience for me at, at, that, at that young age. Oh, absolutely. And I very much recall Sassy. And it's just, it's so snappy. It's so sassy, really. <laughs> it was very sassy. <laughs> and uh, and you're is. very sassy. So I think, yeah, it was a match made in heaven. Good for your dad. I, I, I think I might, I might have named it after myself. <laughs> I think that's completely accurate, Justin. <laughs> Well, and a lot of young ladies think they're sassy. So, you know, I think you were speaking for a generation there. And it, and it was very, very successful. So congratulations on that. It's not surprising you would have a lot of success in your adult life now, uh, considering that was your beginnings. I mean, that's just a fun story. So fun. Um, but, you know, I, as I mentioned before, I was tooling around. I'm always on the Internet. And I've got lots of people here who keep their eye out for emerging agencies and thought leaders in the marketing to women space. And um, literally, you guys caught my eye. I um, was pulled in by a super cool infographic detailing the battle of the sexes. And in it, you outlined how women pretty much dominate most of what I call the cool social network. So talk a little bit about your battle of the sexes um, insight that you pulled together. Well, I think the infographic really sort of is a visceral representation of what we already know. Women love to share and talk. They love to catch up with friends and family. They want to share their likes, their aspirations, about design and about fashion. So for us, it, was, it wasn't earth-shattering when we, when we uh, did the research and came up with this data. Uh, that, uh, and when you're talking about the cool social networks like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, women tend to be the more dominant uh, gender on there. And guys, you know, not so much. They're more focused on, I would would say, more of the sort of straightforward, not as much sharing networks that are available uh, out there right now. And, you know, we also don't exactly believe that every every guy who uh, answers those surveys is saying that they're not really on the social sites as well because we bet they are. We just take a look at our office every day. We see folks posting things on Facebook and Twitter and, and Pinterest all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but men are showing some strength, or at least they they claim, as you said, they what they're telling you is they're they have preferences for certain social networks. Where are they they strongest? Where are they popping? So, so we we discovered when we were doing our, our research, and and some of it was surprising, and uh, you know, as Laura said, some of it wasn't. But uh, we found that men were really strong on on LinkedIn, which you know is the popular resume posting and job searching site, and uh, also on Google Plus, which is Google's social networking site, and then Reddit, which is a, a news kind of message board, which has different topics and you can kind of pick and you'll just see like an outline of headlines of, of that specific topic. And, uh, you know, when thinking about it, we were like, okay, you know, kind of makes sense. Men might be focusing a little bit more on news and, and thought leadership and professional leadership and, and maybe they're a little, you know, less likely to want to share those personal moments or some of their interests. They feel more comfortable sharing their business persona. Uh, But, you know, then when we kind of dug a little bit more, we were like, well, 
there's 46% of guys on Facebook. So, I mean, they're still very interested in sharing personal family photos and travel photos. And we know tons of guys that love to show what they eat at every single meal. So, I mean, we, we see that on Facebook constantly. Um, and then also with LinkedIn, I mean, the divide was really not that great. It was like 60, 40 uh, men to women. So, I mean, that's, you know, women women are still using LinkedIn to uh, to look for jobs and, and as a tool to in their own job search. So, you know, I, I think... These differences were really, you know, it was fun for us to show them, but but at the end of the day, I mean, really what we're seeing is, of course, women are just more social by nature. They're using these tools a lot more than men, but the men are still there. It would it would be, uh, you know, it'd be wrong of us to say they weren't. <laughs> right, and in large in large numbers too, as you said, forty six percent are still on Facebook. That's a huge yeah. number of the population. Um, and LinkedIn, of course, has kind of become um, the, the go-to tool, I think, for business professionals. So it makes a ton of sense that you would find men and women in both of those areas. I'm, I am curious, are there other kind of common ground areas that you see both men and women playing in? Well, we saw from the social networking site Times, so that's kind of the even playing field where you would feel a pretty much a close to equal number of men and women on the site in terms of their activities. And, you know, in delving deeper into tags, one of the reasons that we saw that this seemed to be a space where they were all in common ground is because the site is part dating and part gaming and making new friends. And when you think about it, we all read busy lives and, you know, having a site where it's just kind of a cool escape and I can, you know, either, you know, talk to some new folks play an interesting game and just veg out makes good sense in terms of the fact that that's an area where, where men and women are finding common ground on, on a social network platform. Well, and it, it really does come down to why we use social media, doesn't it? I mean, I know you, you referenced earlier, Sarah, that women are just naturally you know, we we tend to just congregate, right? And we need we are we are more social, um, but but we all have different reasons we use social media, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that um, by nature we are social creatures. Um, this is really real life being amplified in online life, so it's. Um, you know, basically a way for for our personalities, our true personality traits to kind of show through. And really whether you're on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest or Instagram, you're really just kind of reiterating your natural personality and how you would act in, in real life. And um, at the end of the day, it's really just kind of deciding which one of those platforms best suit you and your personality and then really what you want to share. So, I mean, we advise people professionally and personally to always be themselves in social media. And if you wouldn't say it in real life, then don't say it in social media. And um, have fun. At the end of the day, social media shouldn't be scary. It's a place to have a good time. And... Um, and share what you are most passionate about. 
Yeah. And so when we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about taking it from the personal out to marketers and the insights that you gleaned in putting together all that research. Um, what you think might be some key takeaways for marketers? So stick around. Laura and Sarah will return in just a moment with more Purse Strings. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time. WebmasterRadio.fm Keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been chatting today with Laura Mignot and Sarah Walker-Santana, both from Digital Flash, both co-founders and presidents of that agency. And we've been talking a lot about um, a lot of the insights that they had pulled together for an infographic around Battle of the Sexes, really showing where men are playing in social, where women are playing in social. Some of it not so surprising. Um, others of it a little bit more so. Um, I am curious, what insights kind of took you by surprise about the ways men and women are using the social space? I think one of the more interesting and surprising insights is that gaming is definitely tilted more towards women. I think when we were thinking about talking about social gaming, it was, oh, it's going to be guys, and it's going to be probably, you know, 80-20. And, you know, what we found was it was actually the direct opposite. There are more women on Zynga than there are men. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, what that enables us to sort of understand is that, you know, it's a, casual gaming is somewhere where women, you know, they're on the train, they're on the go, um, it's something for them to do. And as, you know, as marketers, it's a, it's an interesting play in terms of how do you reach those women who are using these games and also, you know, how do you talk to, the, how do you talk to these women who are, you know, quote-unquote gamers in whatever fashion they might be. Yeah, the gaming part, you know, I think that a lot of people for a long time thought, oh, it's just young men. You know, it's just young men who are out there playing. And I know um, marketers have become more and more hip over the years at truly understanding that women women really are using gaming. I'm curious, do you think it's because if it's an escapist kind of situation for women or they like the challenge or I'm just curious what it is that you think makes gaming such a lure for women? I think, you know, it's part it's part escape and it's, you know, part, you know, time waster. Um, you know, in terms of the games that we saw that were, you know, quite popular, you know, the simple, easy, fun games, the Sudokus of the world, you know, Tap Tap Revenge, those sorts of, like, you know, just take me away for five minutes from what I'm, my busy day, and I can play, you know, I can play a game and, you know, and get lost in it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think escapism, I think now, especially more than ever, we, and I'm talking about the general population, are seeking escapist kind of activities because our real life is so harried and so stressful. We're dealing with so many kind of critical life things that gaming is that kind of step away from reality, even just for a few minutes, as you said, even for those five minutes. I'm curious in general, based on all the insight that you kind of went through to, to pull together the battle of the sexes, what do you think are the key implications for marketers who are looking to engage with both men and women through social? I think the answer, Maria, really is that you have to be everywhere, as general <laughs> as that sounds. <laughs> well, that and, sounds uh, exhausting, actually. It sounds exhausting. Be <laughs> for. Really, 
who's really leading the charge in social media and kind of pinpointing that person. And that, that kind of helps because then you can narrow it down to those 50 or 100 or 200 really influential people that are sharing the word to everyone else in their network. And we like to really create some unique experiences. really important. As Laura said at the top, we put the social back and social networking. So it's great to have all these conversations online, but it's really important to then try and have a real-life connection offline where you you can still have that face-to-face. Nothing beats face-to-face, as we said. Yeah, and I agree with you, too. I mean, we know that face-to-face stimulates online, right? And then, you know, you might be introduced to something online and then you um, go to seek those experiences out in real life. And so they do kind of play hand-in-hand. Both reinforce the other. And the strongest relationship building or the strongest marketing plans are going to include offline and online. Totally, totally agree with you. Well, you guys at Digital Flash play a lot of different places and a lot of different spaces. I'm curious what's next for the agency. Well, you know, for Digital Flash, we can continue to grow the business. There will be more infographics, more influencer marketing, more amazing experiences, and, you know, just connecting with more and more people as we continue to uh, expand our company. And Laura, tell us, how can everybody get in touch with you guys if they've they've liked what they've heard today? Uh, we'd love to have coffee with anyone who's out there listening. So follow us on Twitter at CFlashNYC. Um, our website is digitalflashnyc.com. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at digitalflashnyc as well. Um, and we'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Ladies, thanks so much for being on the program today. It's really been great having you on, and I look forward to seeing what else Digital Flash has coming up in the near future. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. And for those. Oh, you bet. So excited to have you. And again, for everyone listening, check out digitalflashnyc.com. For more details on Sarah and Laura and what they can do for your company. And thanks to George, my producer, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.